Hey everyone, and welcome to the New Visionary Podcast, a podcast for artists who are ready to reach greater heights in their art careers. I'm your host, Victoria J. Fry, founder of Visionary Art Collective and New Visionary Magazine. Join me for inspiring conversations with some of the most inspirational visionaries in today's art world. Let's jump in. Hey, gorgeous. Today we're chatting with Steph Blondet, a Puerto Rican visual artist based in Tampa, Florida. In her work, Steph explores personal themes of self-growth and healing through texture, color, form, and composition. Welcome, Steph. Hi, Victoria. Thank you so much for having me today. Oh my gosh. I am so happy you're here. And I just, you know, have had the absolute pleasure of getting to know you over the past almost year, I want to say. And I just, I can't wait to dive in. I'm really looking forward to our conversation and for our listeners to learn about your work as well. It's going to be a special episode. So Steph, I would love to just start by asking, you know, I know that your childhood has really impacted and shaped the work you create today. So I think let's start at the beginning. Can you tell us about those early experiences and just kind of how they um, helped you to evolve and grow into who you are today? Yeah, absolutely. So I was born and raised in Puerto Rico. I grew up with an uncle who was an artist. He went to the best art high school in Puerto Rico. So um, he was my dad's youngest sibling, but he was closer to me in age than he was to my dad. So we used to spend a lot of time together. And whenever we were together, we were drawing and painting. Like he he taught me a lot of the things that I know now. And I remember one day we were like in the dining room and drawing and he taught me how to create shadows and highlights with graphite. And that's when I was blown away. I, I was a kid, right? Um, I was blown away and I was like, oh my God, you can't do that with just one pencil. Like, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. Like I want to be an artist. So uh, sadly, he he left this world very early, and also that shaped who I am today because I was a kid when we lost him. But my parents they saw my interest in continuing uh, learning about art. So I took a lot of private art classes growing up, uh, all through I, I would say uh, high school and, and college even. Um, my mom also, she was very crafty. So I grew up with, uh, her doing a lot of stuff in the house. She was very, she is still very creative and creativity was encouraged in my house, but I didn't pursue art, uh, when it was time to go to college because obviously we have the, at that time, the stereotype of like, artists are starving artists so if you want to do if you want to have money and like live a normal life you should pursue other things so I didn't pursue art in college but I did take a lot of classes growing up and um, obviously like seeing my my uncle going to his exhibitions and everything that shaped who I am today Beautiful. It's so powerful when there's someone in our family that like really encourages and supports and nurtures our creative interests and, you know, our artistic pursuits because we don't all have that. And it's really special when you do. And I think you realize it more as you get older 
And it's it's funny you share that too, because I always think like it was my uncle as well. <laughs> and I think we might have even talked about oh, this. I don't know. No, I don't know if no. we did. Yeah, like I had a similar experience where my uncle um, was an artist. And I think when you have someone in your family, whether it's, a, you know, an uncle or a parent or an older sibling or like whoever it is that kind of acts as that mentor, they might not even know it. They might not even know the impact that it's going to have on you, but it's a really powerful thing. And so tell us a little bit more about growing up in Puerto Rico, other sort of parts of your life that impacted you. And I know also you've had some experiences over the past few years that have like profoundly shaped what you're doing now. So would love to hear about that as well. I was born and raised in Puerto Rico, but my mom, she was born in Chicago. So I used to spend a lot of my childhood and most of my summers in Chicago with my cousins and uh, uncles and aunts and everything. And, and it was a fun experience. But obviously growing up in Puerto Rico shaped who I am today because you can see most of my work is very colorful, playful. And that like Puerto Rico is like that too. Puerto Rico is very colorful. So I think growing up there shaped who I am today. Beautiful. Yeah. I, I know that when we've talked about your work, especially when it comes to the color palette, you have reference. Like you're so drawn to really bright, vibrant colors because you were surrounded by that as a child. And, you know, whether we're conscious of it or not, I think what we're exposed to, you know, in the first, like our formative years does have a profound lasting impact. Um, and so cool that you spent summers in Chicago. I'm sure you told me that at some point, but I like totally forgot. So I was like, oh yeah, that's super cool. I know that a few years ago you had an experience that, you know, was was quite intense and sort of changed the the path or trajectory that you were on. Would you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so I so let me go back. So right after I graduated, instead of staying in Puerto Rico, I decided to move to the states. Um the plan was to move to Chicago obviously because I have family there. But I, I didn't. I, I moved to Washington, D.C. So I started my corporate career there and spent seven years in D.C. While I was in my corporate job, I was selling my art on and off. I, I didn't have a business plan. I didn't have any sort of plan. Um, I was just selling on and off. In December of 2019, we decided to move to Florida to be closer to family and the weather and a lot of things, a lot of reasons. <laughs> but then right when we moved, the pandemic started. So it was like an, it was an intense year, us moving to a different state, not knowing anyone. We were also planning our wedding. We were supposed to get married in April of 2020. We had to cancel that. Um, so I was dealing like 2020 obviously was a very stressful time for a lot of us. Um, I started working even more because we were at home full time. Um, we didn't want to go out again. I'm in Florida, so it was crazy here. So I was working a lot, like meaning Monday through Sunday in front of my computer. I wasn't doing any art at that time because I did have a plan of launching my business in the summer of 2020. But because of the pandemic, I didn't. So I I don't think I've mentioned this, but I have a corporate job. I'm a software engineer, so I'm always in the computer. 
I also decided to join a startup during that time. So like I said, I was working like, I don't know, 60 to 80 hours a week. And I was also dealing with a chronic illness. At that time, I, the doctors didn't, like, I, I didn't have a diagnosis. So it was very stressful for me to like have this pain and not know how to handle it. I didn't have any type of medication because no one knew what I had. So March of 2021, I had my first panic attack. And that was obviously like, it was a shock to me. I didn't know I was having a panic attack. Thankfully, my husband saw me and he helped me go through it. And after that, I, I, I guess I was in a state of shock because I didn't know what was happening and why it happened. So I took the time. Thankfully, I was able to take like three or maybe a month off from work. I took like a, a leave of absence just to like try to figure out what just happened and why. I started going to therapy and obviously um, my doctor helped me to go through that and like evaluate what happened. And then I realized obviously it was all this stress, me working all the time, canceling a wedding, um, not having time to paint because art is very important to me. And I didn't, I didn't make the time to do that. So after I realized that I was like, okay, I need to stop thinking about what society wants me to do. And I need to start thinking about what I want to do. And what I want to do is be an, a full-time artist. So during like 2021 and most of 2022, I took the time to just explore different mediums because I I was mostly uh, using acrylic paint for my abstract paintings before that. And I was like, you know what? I've been using acrylic paint for, for my entire life almost. I, I want to explore other mediums. So I remember I started with watercolors. I was doing watercolors illustrations. I did that for a month. Then I changed to like color pencils, then alcohol markers, um, graphite, ink. I, I, I literally tried all the mediums during that year. And it was fun. I, I think I was changing mediums every other month, mostly. And I was sharing all of that on Instagram. So you can't see it now, but at the time, my Instagram was a mess because you, you could see like watercolor illustrations for a month, then like ink drawings, then like a different type of, of art. But it was fun. It was, I was doing that to heal and also to learn other mediums and to have fun. That was my only goal. Like you have to have fun. I wasn't thinking about any strategy or anything. I just wanted to explore. And at the end of 20, summer of 2022, I found clay and I got obsessed with it. I, I loved that you could create whatever you wanted with your hands, uh, not necessarily like having a brush or, or, or a pencil. And I, uh, I started exploring with that. Um, throughout like summer until the end of 2022. Amazing. And, you know, I just want to say, I appreciate you sharing your journey with, uh, you know, like having a panic attack and, and kind of navigating that and experiencing anxiety. It's something that, you know, we have had conversations about mental health on the podcast. And I think it's, you know, as you and I were talking about before we even started recording this episode, it's important to be transparent and to share our experiences because we're not alone. 
I'm sure there are some listeners right now who are tuning in and maybe have also had panic attacks or, uh, you know, just like have dealt with anxiety. And it sounds like you were working so much that it just put your body over the edge, but also like so beautiful that you took the time to heal and that you began to use art as a medium, as a tool for healing. And through that, you sort of like rediscovered this love and this passion for the artistic process that you had when you were a child. So many of us, you know, it's really, I've had so many conversations with artists over the years and it's really common. It's very normal to take breaks. Like there's a lot of artists that I've spoken with who were super creative as children, but because of circumstances and and just life and, you know, working and things that we like, just responsibilities that we can't really escape from as we get older. It happens very easily where we put our artistic process on the back burner. And then, you know, if you are lucky enough to just rediscover it later on, that's a beautiful thing. Like that's such a blessing. And it started as, you know, a tool for healing for you. But since then, I mean, you have grown so much and I'm really excited to dive into this part of the conversation because, you know, what began as sort of like a cathartic outlet for you, which by the way, there's so much power in just that, you know, just use like really allowing your art to be a place to process and work through some really difficult emotions. Like there's so much value in that alone, but you have since grown your art career and, you know, I want to get into like all the amazing things that have happened for you. Um, So tell us, like, how did it start to turn into more of a, you know, I'm going to do, this is what I want to do with my life kind of thing. Yeah. So um, like I said, at the end of 2022, I was working with clay and I created a composition for my house that I really enjoyed. And it was mostly like 10 pieces. And it was me exploring the 10 years that I've been in the United States. I did that. I it's, it's in my house. And I was like, okay, I need to keep exploring with this because I really enjoy it. But another thing happened. At the end of 2022, uh, I have two or had two uh, French Bulldogs. One of them started having um, seizures, cluster seizures. And we didn't know what was happening to her so we started this journey of like going to the vet to see what's happening what's wrong in that process of like getting like her having the first her first seizure to getting a diagnosis and treatment took like three months so again I'm in the state of like okay I'm stressing out again because it's it's hard to see your dog like that um, once we, like, we, we got treatment, I stopped creating art because I was focusing on her. Then a month later, a month, yeah, a month later, we, we lose our other dog. And that to me, that was devastating. Um, that dog, it was the first dog that I had with my husband. We don't have kids. So we, we treat our dogs like our kids, you know, and we, we love that dog so much that. I think that marked something like in my life that changed everything again. So we're talking about like two years later. So we lose him in, like around February 
in April, I had my second panic attack. And that this time I knew what was happening. Um, my husband, again, he was there. He helped me go through it. And after that, I didn't go in a state of shock like the first time. After that, like the day after that, I I was like, okay, this is I need to do something. Like one one of the many things that my dog taught me is that life is short. He was a month away to be to turn five years old. So we we lost him very like it it was a short time. So I was like, okay. I two years ago I said I wanted to do art full time. I've done something, right? But I wasn't like actively selling or showing or anything. I was just trying to have fun and heal. This time around, I was like, I have to do something. So in May of 2023, I decided to keep exploring with the clay and I started posting on Instagram, this time with a strategy in mind. Not not necessarily like I wanted, uh, like I have, I, I knew what I wanted to get out of Instagram, but I said, you know what? I need to stop thinking about Instagram as a personal social media. I'm going to start thinking about a business, about, about it as a business tool. And I was posting every single day and I was treating my art as a business. Like I, I had like a mindset shift. And I think that helped me. So I kept going and I kept going. I kept like exploring with clay, creating pieces. That's when I found your podcast um, around summer of 2020. Yeah, last year, 2023. And I was like, you know what? If I want to get to the next level, I need help. So I started working with you in your uh, mentorship program. And that helped me a lot. And throughout all that time, I was keep like I was thinking this is a business this is what I want to do it's not just creating art I need help with the business side of it and then in August I went viral one of my reels went viral and then another one then another one and right now I have like seven uh, reels that have over millions of views so I was able to grow my platform as well and I think that help me to like realize like hey you have something here you love it you're having fun let's do something with it so ever since that happened I've been like I have a business I'm creating art which is my passion but I'm doing something with it too it's so exciting I mean I have had like it's been such a privilege and an honor to see your growth and you know you, sh- I will say like you really show up for your work. And even though you're working full time and you have so much on your plate, you show up consistently and you approach your work like a professional. And, you know, whether that's actually like carving out time uh, on a very regular basis to make your work or the way that you post on social media, there's this like level of professionalism to just the way that you yeah, approach your work and your art career. And it's really cool because it's an energy and people can feel that. Um, And one thing I just appreciate so much is like, you know, you, I think, have this beautiful balance of like giving yourself grace if you're not able to create, but you also, I think, you know, 
no matter what your schedule looks like, you really do. It's, I never say, I never like to say find the time because you make the time. Like it's a priority. You've really prioritized it in your life. And because of that, you have made so much work and you've also grown so much. Like I remember when we started working together, uh, your work was similar to how it is now, but then it started to really shift and take this a new turn. And there's a saying that I love so much that you've probably heard. And, you know, if you're listening, I'm sure you've heard this as well, but it's make mistakes faster. And I love that saying because it's kind of just like, listen, you're going to make mistakes. It's going to happen. Just get through it, you know? And I feel like for you, because of how you've approached your work and just creating so consistently and really having that be a huge priority in your life, you have grown, like your work has grown and you can see it. If you look back to, you know, how you were creating a year ago to the kind of work you're creating now, like there's been such a, there's definitely elements that are the same, but there's been a big shift in the style and the color palette and just you going deeper into your work. And I also think, you know, when we were first kind of connected and talking about your, your work and what it's really about, I also feel like you have gotten a deeper sense of clarity in terms of what your work is really about and what it means to you. And I'd love to hear a little bit more about that. Yeah. So when I started, when I changed my mindset, right, of like, oh, art is a hobby to like, this is a business and I want to make a career out of it. I said to myself, okay, I need to be in the studio every single day, even if it's just for 30 minutes. I am going to show up even if I'm tired because like you mentioned, I still have a day job and right now I'm a full-time employee. So I need to find this time to create, but I, I make it like I, I make myself to go to the, to my studio. And because of that, it's, I think it's like what you said, fail faster. It's because I've been creating, 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 and I found things that I like and things that I don't like and things that I don't want to keep doing. But then when I find something that I'm like, oh, there's something here. Let me keep exploring this. I keep creating that type of work just to see if I like it. One thing about my work is that I, I create it and I live with it, meaning I hang it in my house and I, I try to see it and like go to sleep and see it again and like have it there a couple of days just to see how I feel with it because it's important to me the, the emotions right because I what I create it's basically like my visual journal um all the pieces that I create are based in my past experiences or like memories or things like that so I have to leave with my pieces in order to like show it to the world and see if it's what, how I want to show my art to the world. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. And like, it's not easy. You know, that's the reality when you're working a full-time job or a part-time job, or, you know, you have multiple responsibilities, maybe you're a parent or a caregiver. And, you know, this is also something that's come up in a lot of conversations with artists on this show, but it's almost like you have to fiercely protect the time that you carve out to make your work because it's not going to happen easily. I mean, there are some full-time artists that I know where they have that schedule um, and that's 
a great thing. But even for a lot of them, it was a long time. Like they really had to work to even get to that point. Um, and it was like a transition from working full-time to then being able to scale back to part-time to then being able to, you know, become a full-time artist. But it's like just a reminder that even if you have an hour at the end of the day, well, I feel like an hour to have an hour to create it at the end of the day is a luxury. Uh, even if you have 20 or 30 minutes, you know, it's just thinking like, what can I do with this time? And I feel like you really have that glass half full approach where it's, you know, it's not like, okay, I'm working full time. So I have to put my art career on the back burner. It's like, okay, well, I'm working this many hours a week, but any pockets of time I have free, I'm going to work on my art. Um, I'm going to paint, I'll, you know, post on social media, work on my website, send out a newsletter, like all the things that you're doing and you're doing so well. And over time you start to see, you know, this progress, um, and you start to realize that, you know, six months later, you're in a completely different place. Uh, so it's like really maximizing those little windows of time. And you do that. And I know it's not always easy. Like it takes a sincere effort and it takes a willingness. And I think also I would say, and I'm curious to, to know if this resonates with you, but sacrifice, you know, in a way, like for me in the evenings, it's typically, okay, I could watch a show for an hour. Um, or I could paint and I know which one is going to make me feel more fulfilled, but I will say, I I've shared this before. I do love watching TV. So sometimes that just, you know, needs to happen. Um, we're human and it's, it's figuring out what works for you, but yeah, you just, uh, you show up, you show up consistently. And, um, I don't know if this is still the case, but what I think for a while you were creating like every single day, right? Yeah, and I, I still do. But you know what? What changed um, this time? Instead of creating pieces to like show or to sell or something like that, I am allowing myself to play too. I bought a sketchbook. I'm drawing again. I don't necessarily uh, share this on Instagram. Sometimes on my stories, but I've realized that what I have on my sketchbook it's now informing the work that I'm creating. And it's not necessarily the same thing. Like I'm not sketching to uh, thinking like, oh, this is going to be a painting. No, I'm sketching whatever I want. And then I go back and that inspires some of the new pieces that I'm creating now. So yes, I'm creating every single day, but I'm not creating something, some, something to sell or show every single day. I'm so glad you shared that because I feel like this is such an important topic and that's such a healthy approach. Like we don't have to be creating work that we plan to sell or to exhibit every day. I'm just so happy you brought this up because this is something I've also been wanting to like bring to light on the podcast, which is embracing experimentation, embracing play and just creative exploration it is an integral part of your work as an artist. I've shared before that like I have a sketchbook practice and yeah, sometimes it's just sketch, very quick, loose sketches with watercolor of the room that I'm in or, you know, the flowers on my desk or like whatever it is. Um, and sometimes I'll share that in my stories, but it's not created for the purpose of sharing with anyone. It's almost just like working that creative muscle and allowing yourself the freedom to just kind of 
engage with the process in a way that you feel in that moment. And I think that's so healthy. And actually, I would argue that a creative practice without that is limiting. Like it's, you kind of start to box yourself in. So I, I appreciate that you do that. And, ha- and how have you found that that's shaped your work? Like, I know you said that it's kind of impacted some of the Yeah. And, and also not only on my work, uh, I'm even happier now too, because at the beginning yes. I yes. was creating with like something in mind, oh, this is like to show, I, I, I don't know, for an exhibition or to sell it or something. And now it's like, okay, I'm creating just because I want to have fun. And you know what? Also something that has helped is that I'm doing this in the morning. Like when I wake up, uh, well, I have my routine with my epileptic dog, but right after I finish it, I'm like, I just go to my studio and like, even it's only five or 10 minutes. I'm not spending a lot. Um, And then sometimes in the evenings when I'm done with like, Uh, housework and everything I make myself like sketch for like another 10 or 15 minutes and sometimes I play with color sometimes it's just me drawing shapes but I feel like I'm happier now because I'm not stressing out that I oh I need to create this painting because I need to show it or something you know I'm creating just because I want to create I love that so much and yeah it's kind of like embracing that childlike sense of wonder, you know, when you're a kid, and we have talked about this a little bit, you know, on this show, but when you're a kid, you're not so much thinking, okay, what am I going to create? You just pick up the crayon, you start drawing and you see where it takes you. That's the beauty of it. I would encourage all artists to kind of follow a similar approach where, you know, you have your you know, I always say like t- there's two branches. There doesn't have to be, but I, I feel the most fulfilled like you when there are two branches to my creative work where it's, you know, sort of like your professional body of work, work that you're creating with the intention of selling, showing, you know, posting to social media, all of that good stuff. And then like just carving out a space for you to play with color or, you know, sketch your surroundings or maybe it's something really whimsical and just totally unrelated that you are giving yourself permission to explore. And I think if you can like hold on to that and really nurture that, that's such a beautiful thing. And you will notice that both branches sort of influence each other. You know, like how you said your sketchbook practice and just these, you know, sort of like studies or uh, that you're doing impact the, the pieces that you create later on. It's a beautiful thing. And also I appreciate that you just shared you're happier because we have yeah. to remember <laughs> that's the most important thing. When yeah. you start to feel frustrated in your creative practice or you start to feel limited or like you're creatively sort of like blocking yourself in, that's an invitation to branch out. Because if you're feeling that way, this is what I remind myself as well. If you're feeling that way, then it's like, what's the point? you know, why am I doing this? We're creating our art because it's, uh, well, there are many reasons, but usually it's because it's healing for us. It's a place to process our thoughts, our feelings, our emotions, our perceptions of the world around us. And also to have fun, like (laughs) to just have fun. And uh, so I, I love that you do that. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah. Thank you. 
So Steph, I also wanted to ask you, because I'm sure we have, you know, some artists that are tuning in and maybe they're navigating over to your website or your Instagram and seeing all your great work, but also you have built quite a following and, you know, I always encourage artists, like try not to perseverate over the numbers or get too hung up on the numbers. But one thing I'll say that is really cool is you have built a big following uh, organically on Instagram. And it has been, I think, from the consistency of how much you show up and post. And I also just want to say to anyone listening that this is going to depend on, you know, this is going to vary person to person. There are some artists that post once a month. There are some, you know, artists that post twice a week. Uh, There's no set rule. And ultimately, I just want to preface this by saying, it's, it comes down to what you are comfortable with and what is manageable for you because what's manageable for you might be not ma- might not be manageable for someone else. Um, so you have to know what, what works for you and what doesn't. But I will say you showing up as much as you do and sharing about your work and uh, posting the process, I think has been really engaging for people. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. So it's interesting because when I started posting, I wasn't thinking about like all the strategies that the gurus tell you, like, I don't know, a five second wheel or like a few hashtags. Like I wasn't thinking about that because that stresses me out. So whenever I I was creating, I would make a time lapse of my process and I would just post that. No location, only a few hashtags. Like I wasn't I didn't have a strategy. I was just uh, recording a time lapse and posting that. And because I'm also lazy too, like in the sense of like, I didn't want to spend my time editing videos because that's creative, but it's not the type of creativity that I want to make. So I started posting time lapses of my my process. And that's how I, I went viral because I was posting the same thing every single day, meaning like creating different pieces, right? But there were uh, time lapses all the time. And and showing up every single day, I was posting Monday through Friday. I know that at the time that was a little bit crazy. I'm posting probably like three or four times a week now. I made a rule of not to not post during the weekends because I also want to disconnect from social media and, and uh, live my life. Um, but I think posting consistently at the beginning helped me a lot. And I found, I found new artists and now I have like a few people that I call my IG friends and we support each other. So it's been, it's been an interesting journey of me, quote unquote, hating on social media, then starting to post my time, time lapses, finding this, this type of creatives and, uh, collectors and now I love it. And now I'm I'm still doing it. <laughs> it's so cool. I feel like you have such a you know healthy approach and a good attitude. And uh, you need those boundaries when it comes to social media because, you know, I, I always share like, I love Instagram. I actually love social media. But that's because, yeah, because it's like, if you have boundaries, then you can enjoy it. It's because I don't feel burnt out because I really protect the time that I'm on it. So when I'm on it, I'm like excited to be there and see all the beautiful artwork that everyone's posting. And, and like, you know, it's a place to connect. If you really view it as a tool to increase visibility for your work and a place to connect with, with fellow artists, which you do, I mean, you've built this 
beautiful, strong, supportive network and community. And I see how much, you know, I see all the comments on your, on your posts and just how your work is really resonating with people. But I think, yeah, if you can, you have to figure out what works for you. And, um, you know, I appreciate that on weekends you use that time to disconnect because it's like, we can't be on all the time, but if we can kind of create a system to where, we feel more balanced, then we can actually enjoy it and use it for the, for the powerful, you know, as a powerful tool that it is. Um, and I love that. It's exciting. You know, I feel like you have grown so much since I've met you, but I also feel like this is just the start of your journey as an artist. So it's really exciting to think where you might be in, you know, in five years or in a decade from now. Um, and I just, you have such an amazing uh, very positive, optimistic outlook. And I do think that, you know, as, as we navigate life as artists and as creative entrepreneurs, you kind of need that not to say you're going to be positive and in good spirits all the time, because that is not reality. But if you can really come from this place of doing what you can with the time you have and, you know, just maintaining that, glass half full mindset with all parts of your your creative work and your business it is going to help to propel you forward and i also just feel stuff that you have like a true belief in yourself and your work you know and that's a beautiful thing to see can you speak on that a little bit as well yeah no thank you for saying all of that i i i feel like it's just that in the past i've i've, I've been very um I don't know if the words workaholic, but I was very focused in my career, my tech career, that I pushed everything else to the side. And when I had both panic attacks, I think it was I realized like, hey, it's not all work. And during the last two years or three now, um, I've been trying to learn to like, hey, listen to your body. If you can't do something, don't push it, don't do it, um, and and have that balance. And I think that's 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 why my work is also focusing on healing and self growth because I've been on, on this journey for the last three years, and I am at a much better place now. But obviously, it's been painful <laughs> during the last three years um, to to unlearn all the things that. I learned as a kid, like work hard, you have to like climb the corporate ladder and you have to do X, Y, C, you know, like I grew up with that mentality and obviously that broke me out and that caused my panic attacks. So now I'm like trying to unlearn all of that. Listen, like try to listen to what I really want and have that balance. Like for example, this past uh, long weekend, I had in my head like, oh, I'm going to be in the studio like for three, four hours every single day. I'm going to create all these new pieces. But that's not what my body wanted. Like I wanted to rest. And that's what I did. I, in the past, I would have been like, oh, no, like push yourself to go to the studio. But I was like, nope, you know what? I'm going to take like this long weekend and rest. I went to see my friends and I, I, did, I went out with my husband and I went on a run. I'm a runner too. So I am trying to focus on balance. I know it's hard, but balance is at the top of my mind right now and my health, my physical and emotional health. 
Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. I feel like that's such an important reminder because even if you are like a a full-time artist or you're working towards that and you really are prioritizing your art career, at the end of the day, like before anything, you are a human being and there's, you know, like we're multifaceted. Uh, There's so many different sides of us that we have to nurture, our relationships, our friendships, the things that we love doing, whether that's, you know, working out or just whatever it is. Like there's so many other things in our lives that we've got to also grow. So it's never about achieving a perfect balance of everything because that's just not reality. It's about prioritizing and your priorities might shift week to week. You know, like you might have a week where your art making is your primary focus. You might have a week where spending time with your friends, you know, and your and your family members is is your focus for that time. And you might also just have a period of time where you need to prioritize your rest or your health. And that's okay. And I think it's just remembering that as you sort of rotate these, you know, parts of your life, uh, it's safe, it's safe to do that. You can also step away from your art practice for however long you need to and know that it will be there when you return. So Steph, I want to thank you so so much for coming onto the podcast today. This has been an inspirational episode as I knew it would be. You are amazing (laughs) and you're just such a bright shining light. And for anyone who, you know, if you're listening, if you are not familiar yet with Steph's work, definitely check it out. Steph, where can our our listeners uh, see your work? Uh, Well, I'm on Instagram. My handle is Steph Blondet Art. My website stephlundet.com and I'm also on TikTok and YouTube. That's a new thing. (laughs) I started posting some of my reels there too. I'm not as active as I am on Instagram. So I'm, I'm always on Instagram, not so much on the other two. But yeah, that's where you can find me. Amazing. Thank you so much again for a great conversation. And for everyone tuning in, thank you so much. We'll see you next time. Thank you for tuning in and supporting our platform. To learn more about New Visionary Magazine, head over to visionaryartcollective.com magazine. You can order individual copies on Amazon or subscribe annually to Digital Issues. We also have opportunities to get featured in the magazine, so be sure to join our newsletter and follow us on Instagram. If you enjoyed this episode, please feel free to leave a review on iTunes or tag us on Instagram. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.